Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Revelation chapter number three and verse number one. The Bible says, unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. He's basically telling the church of Sardis, he says, I understand that you have a reputation to be alive, but you're dead. He's talking to Sardis here. But then his advice is in verse 2. He says, be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain. That are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Just for a little while tonight, from verse number two, I want to lean upon the recommendation of the angel to the church of Sardis. He said, be watchful. Strengthen the things which remain and are ready to die for. I have not found thy works perfect before the Lord. Tonight I want to minister along this line. It's been some time ago that I felt the Lord laid upon my heart that perhaps a theme, perhaps for this year, we had so many different things in January and February. We were just themed out. And uh, I felt like a theme for the year of 2012 would be these words, which is my subject matter this evening. And I'll be conscious of your time. I will not hold you long. The Bible states, strengthen the things which remain. And for us this evening as a church, I think that needs to be the voice of heaven today in this year. Strengthen the things, strengthen the things that remain. Father, I come to you tonight and I'm thankful, Lord, God, for your sweet spirit, your sweet presence. Lord, that is coming to this house. Lord, that peace, God, that I feel, Lord, in my heart and mind. God, I pray, Lord, that it's been spoken to the minds of those that may enter this place troubled. God, that there would be that peace. I pray, oh God, now that you would take a hot coal off of thy altar, Lord, and lay it into my lips. Help me, Lord, to share, Lord, a concise word, Lord Jesus, with these people. Pray, oh Lord, encourage them and strengthen them in the things that would be of God. And Lord, I'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be, you may be seated this evening. In speaking to the church at Sardis, they were peculiar among the other six churches that the angels spoke to in the book of Revelation because at Sardis there is no particular list of a specified enemy. Uh, there is no internal enemy that they have. There is no external per se enemy that they have. There is no name calling. There are no liars as there were in some of the other churches. There was no Balaam or Jezebel 
spirits that were taking place. There was no deep secrets of Satan, no synagogues of Satan, no seats of Satan. This was happening a lot in the other churches, but this was not the case with uh, the church at Sardis. Amen. The church at Sardis did not seemingly were contending with uh, the worship of Caesar as that was in some of the other churches or persecution or there being great slander spoken against them. Uh, but they still had some difficulty in their life and they were at peace, so to speak. Yet the peace that they had was seemingly as he spoke to the church at Sardis was that they had this reputation that they were alive. They had this reputation that they uh, were powerful and there was great life coursing through their veins, he said, but he said, thou art dead. Whenever I begin to ponder this this evening, it amazes me that the advice and the words that the angel spoke to the church that had a reputation of being alive yet were dead was not that they should start dealing with the dead thing. His advice to them was not to go around to everything that was lacking life and everything that was dead and try to resurrect the dead things. Because undoubtedly, as in any church would be, over a process of time, things die. People die. And I'm not talking in a literal, I'm talking in a figurative way. People die. People come in and people Go, And that seems to be the ebb and the flow of church, the ebb and flow of Christianity. It would be great because uh, as I even recounted today, uh, the number of people that even said in our midst this morning, there are several of them who at one time darkened the church house door of Kingsburg Pentecostal Church or First Apostolic Church. There were many, a great majority of them that were here who had sat in these pews at one time. And so it gives us a picture what things could be like if you always had just 100% retention that happened around the church. And uh, but the, the admonition of the angel was not to attend to the dead things. Because I found out sometimes in my own personal life, in my life even of Christianity and the church, that I have problems sometimes letting go. I have problems sometimes, Brother Terry, when uh, people may come in and set under teaching and preaching and bishop, you invest time in their life and you give words of encouragement. You might even give a few uh, notions of counseling even for that person to walk away from the Lord and walk away from the church and go their own direction. And I have found, and I know you all have found, sometimes difficulty in just letting go. And in the process of that, I, I start to try to maintain and try to revive and resurrect some dead things. Uh, even sometimes in other matters of the church, beyond people, uh, things that were once had more vitality but maybe now dead, I sometimes gather there with my arms, you know, folded down and I'm thinking, what can I do? To change this. Amen. What can I do to bring this back to life? 
I come to preach to us tonight. Now, I know this is probably going to hit somebody maybe a little wrong. That is not my intent or purpose. But there are some things in this life of Christianity that whenever it dies, you just got to let it go. Because there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that bishop can do. There's nothing that the youth pastor can do. There's nothing that the pastor can do. You, we being humanity and being frail ourselves, there's nothing that we can do for the dead things. I never seen one person throughout the history of Scripture that ever had lost a loved one that they of their own volition raised that person from the dead. I never seen, I never seen the, the, the parents of Jairus' daughter come into the house and they laid their hands on that girl and they lifted her up out of there by their own volition. I never seen Mary and Martha go to the tomb of Lazarus, roll back the stone and say, come on out, Lazarus, come on, let's go have dinner, boy. Because there's nothing that we can do about dead things. I'm trying to help the church today because many times I believe we've stayed at the grave and the tomb too long. We've stayed at the feet of some dead things in the life of the church and maybe some of them were people that had left the church and we stay there sometimes too long because we think maybe there's something we can do and we take an unnecessary burden upon our shoulder and sometimes we carry around guilt and shame and we think, well, you know, I should have done this or I should have done that or I should have said this or I should have went there when they wanted to go there and that would have changed everything. Let me put your mind at ease tonight. There's nothing you can do about the dead thing. Lazarus, if you're ever going to come forth, it's going to be by the means of a resurrection of God. Jairus' daughter, if you're ever going to rise and eat a meal, it's going to be because of God. Amen. If the one that's laying in the ground is ever going to come back to life, it will be because of God. So I want to just somehow help us out tonight that those of you that are chasing dead ends and some dead things in the life of the church, even if they be people, you need to let them go because there's nothing really that you can do. It's going to take the handiwork of the master, the Shekinah glory and presence of the almighty God, the resurrection himself in order to revive dead things but the word was this the concentration was not focused from the angel on what was dead he said but be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die he says, because while you're over here trying to attend to the dead things, there's some other things dying. While you're chasing something six feet under, there are some other things that still have some breath in them and still have some life in them. They're looking a little deplorable right now, but they need your attention. I'm calling us as a church, the first apostolic church for the year 2012, that we would take up 
the admonition of the angel of the spirit of the Lord. And why don't we for the rest of this year just continue to strengthen some things that remain because there is still some good things that still has some vitality and still has some life around here that are not dead. I can spend all my time and concentration on dead things and there's other things dying. Ladies and gentlemen, I say if there's anything in your life that you see might be waning away a little bit, hallelujah, go to it, strengthen it, bolster it. Hey man, if it's a prayer life, if it's days of fasting, if it's Bible reading, if it's worship, if it's not dead yet, but there's still some life there, there's still some breath there, let us concentrate on some things that yet remain. Someone say amen. The word of emphasis was placed upon the word watch. Amen. He said be watchful. In other words, the word be means to become or become watchful. They were in a state that they were not watchful. Yes, they were watchful for some things. They were watchful for the dead things, but they were not watchful for the dying things. He was trying to give something into their spirit. If you'll be watchful for the dying things, you won't have to worry about contending with dead things. If you'll keep your eye on those things that are slipping away, you won't have to worry about those things slipping away. If you can keep your eyes upon the things that may be dying. Let me tell you, I can look at my own life sometimes and begin to put my finger on on things in my life that are dying. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not above it. I'm not below it. I can take inventory in my life and sometimes put my hand on things that are dying. You know what that needs? That needs my utmost attention. That should be my utmost concern. The things that are dying because that's the only thing that I will be able to strengthen. All the dead things in my life are going to need a resurrection. That's the reason why David in the Old Testament, the Bible says that he had that relationship with Bathsheba. And as a result of that, a child was born. And the Bible says the child became very sick even to the point of death and the Bible says David when he knew the child was dying that he goes down on his face and he begins to pray before the Lord he doesn't change his garments for days he doesn't eat for days he hasn't washed his face for days but he's praying and he's seeking out God because he sees something that's alive that's on its way to death and he's there he's just before the Lord what's he trying to do he's trying to see if he can find favor with God if he'll turn this thing around if he'll strengthen the life of this child and he's there for days the servants are looking at all this here he's been down there for days he's getting a little dirty down there surely he's got to be getting hungry by now and the Bible says that the child died and the servant Joe's looking over at Buford he's saying you know what I don't know if we should go in and tell him anything because look how he reacted just over the child being in the process of dying I don't know if we should breathe any word to him concerning this because he might really go AWOL he might lose his mind and David knew and understood what they were talking about. And he said, is the child dead? They said, yeah, he's dead. David didn't lose his mind. He didn't remain on the ground. He didn't stay another week. He didn't skip another meal. The Bible says he got up. He changed his garments. He washed his face. He anointed his head. And his servants are sitting back over here scratching their head 
saying, David, we don't understand. While the child was on its way to dying, you was on your face. You were praying. You were not eating. You were not changing your garments. And now that he's dead, you're getting up and you're going on with life. What's going on? David said, hey, I understand something, boys. There's nothing I can do about the dead things of my life. But while there was yet life in that child, I knew I could pray and perhaps I could strengthen. Honey, there's nothing you can do about the dead things in your life or the life of your church, but you can do something about something that's died. Get on your face if you will. Fast a little bit. Cry out to God. Pre-adventure, he'll change the whole scenario. Seriously, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm not trying to be insensitive. But David knew. He says, it doesn't matter how much more I'm on my face right here. That's not changing what happened. He says, I got to go on. Look at this thing. He said, he had to go on. And you know what he did? Walk with me now, folks. He took that child that was born out of adulterous relationship. That was a representation of his failure. A representation of his past. A representation of his mess ups. And you know what David said? We're going to have to bury the boy. He says we need to have a funeral for my past. Yes, sir. All right. But he got up off that ground. Go see Bathsheba. And says hey honey. I know we started this thing off wrong. We didn't do this right. Why don't we get married? <laughs> so now, David is burying his past and he's marrying his present. And now, there's another child forming in the womb whose name is Solomon, whose name means peace. Hey man, you know what David was saying? I can't do anything about dead things. So I might as well bury my past, marry my present, and go on and have a future. Somebody hear me today. Somebody needs to get out a shovel today and bury some of the dead things and marry your present and go on and birth a new future for yourself. Strengthen the things that remain. I can't bring that boy back to life, but I can have another baby. Honey, I believe some people been over top their past. They've been trying to resuscitate it. They've been through the, everything they tried. Brother Malone, they're putting everything on. They're trying to bring it back to life. But purely there is no life there. We need to just sever. We just need to sever some things and say, I understand there's nothing I can do to bring this back. I just need to bury this. I need to put this thing in the ground. Amen. There's still hope for my future. I got to pay attention and strengthen the things that remain. The child might be dead, but mama's still alive. I need to get intimate again with mama marry my present and birth a new future someone say amen
Someone say hallelujah. So David does that. And in doing so in the rest of his life then, he's saving up material for a temple. He's saving up for Solomon, his future, his son, to build up the house of God. I wonder how the story would have been though, Brother Terry, if David was so caught up, so entangled by losing the child, this dead child, that he couldn't bear it so much that I don't know if I'll go into this woman again because there could be some countenances on the next boy's face that would be similar to the last boy's face. There might be some characteristics, a similarity, and I don't know if I can bear that and possibly bear in my heart of ever losing another. You know what keeps people from some of their dreams and some, some of their vision and walking down some of the paths? Because they've lost dead things past, down that path before. And all they contend with now is a fear that if I walk that road again, this is going to happen again. But if David never went to Bathsheba into her again, there would not have been a Solomon born. There would have not been someone to build the temple. But because David said dead things are dead things, I already talked to God about it. God didn't do anything about it. I don't have any control over that. So I'm going to do something about what I got right here. There's a beautiful woman over there. She's gorgeous. She loves me. I'm going to bring some love toward her, and we're going to have a new future together. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not too proud of where life has brought you to this point in time, why don't you just bury it and get intimate with the church and get intimate with God again and go on and produce a new future from here on out. Strengthen the things that remain. There can be some extraordinary power. I'm not going to hold you much longer. But there can be some extraordinary power in things that remain. Just because something is dying doesn't mean it's dead. I shared with our leaders in the back the first Sunday of this month a little portion of an article man had read of a the birthing delivery ward of a hospital there was a child that was born greatly malnourished greatly premature and uh, as a result of this life was not very favorable toward the child as far as living goes the parents had abandoned the child at the hospital because they had already come to terms it's not going to last anyway they had this abandoned baby and they had done everything they could do and nothing seemingly to help it out finally an old school type of means and way of methodology someone had the idea so let's find a healthy baby and put it in that compartment 
with that premature baby that is dying. And they made sure that that premature baby and that healthy baby was constantly touching one another. And through a process of time, every vital sign of that premature baby that was doomed toward death started getting better. The heart rate, the heating, everything started getting better until it came totally out of that place of dying to a place of vitality and living and lived life. Why? Because it took something healthy and laid it beside what was unhealthy. Took something thriving and had it to put some attention on what was dying. And it strengthened the thing that remained. There's reasons that when people go through certain things sometimes, you'll find Bishop, I've seen him do it before. He gets a good old brother in the church and he'll grab him by the hand and he pulls him over, I'm sorry. He pulls him over and he'll sit him down by that one that's going through some stuff. What's he doing? Because he sees this person's having some heartache. They see the trouble they're going through right now. It's been a major pull. It's a great battle. It's a great trial. Wondering if they're gonna make it through. He says, I'll go get somebody healthy and I'll set it down beside the one that may be unhealthy right now and I'll let them strengthen the things that... That's the reason why we get Sister Sheila McGee. If another person in this church gets cancer, she'll come up here and start to pray. I'll never forget when Brother Bob Garrett came up here and they spoke that he was diagnosed with cancer. Sister Sheila McGee came up there. She laid her precious hands on his back and began to travail in prayer. Why? She had been there. She had walked that road. She knew that he was in a vulnerable spot and we was just putting the unhealthy with the healthy and trying to strengthen some things. Some of his hope that remained some of his vision that remained God's strength I can't do anything with dead things but I can strengthen weak things if you'll stand I'm closing I am don't get used to this type of stuff See, the story would have been altogether different in Luke if after the priest and the Levite walked by, the Samaritan came by and summarized the condition of the man who fell among thieves the same as they. Bible declares that he was half dead. You a pessimist or optimist? Was he half dead or was he half alive? What are some things around here that you say, well, man, that's half dead. Maybe it's half alive. The priest and the Levite said, let's go on by. It's dying anyway. The Samaritan said, let's stop right here because while they see something half dead, I see something half alive. It just needs to be strengthened. Let me get out my oil. 
and get out my wine and let me place it upon my beast and let me take it to an inn. And let me tell the innkeeper that whatever more he needs, put it on my tab because I believe we can strengthen this thing. Lastly tonight, and I'll be still, but lastly this evening, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament kin to the one that we're studying right now on Wednesday nights by the name of Elijah was Elisha. Elisha's code in the tomb, all right? He's dead. But there's some remains. There's some bones that's still yet in the grave. There's some people over here. There's warfare going on. The comrade dies. (laughs) And they take him and throw him in the grave of Elisha. And when that dead boy hits the remains of Elisha, he comes popping up out of the ground. The one who is dead. There's some power in the remains of something. If we bow our heads all across this place tonight, if we could just be thematic for the year, and God would put something within our souls and in our spirits, that we would just start to strengthen the things that remain. Please don't fold your head, fold your hands and bow your head and remain too long at some of the dead things because there's nothing personally humanity can do about that. Only God can take care of what's dead. But you and I have a very integral part to play in the things that are nigh or close to death, yet still alive. We got to be watchful. We got to be careful to know our surroundings and know our people and know our flock, know our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We got to know them. We got to be watchful. And we need to strengthen the things that remain. Child of God, bury your past. Marry your present. And go on and produce a future. Strengthen the things that remain. This altar is open tonight. As a church family, I wish... Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.